0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Business Growth Show, where we talk about all components of business and how to utilize them for exponential growth. My name is Ethan Cassiotis. I'm a business growth strategist where I help business owners grow, scale, cut costs, and increase profit. And today, I have an awesome guest. She's an entrepreneur, on-air personality, wellness mentor, content creator, brand strategist, keynote speaker, connector, and co-creator of NYC FitFam with her husband, George, where they share tips on fitness nutrition mindfulness and parenting and have been named one of the seven fittest couples on instagram she contributes on air wellness advice and lifestyle tips to hundreds of shows including dr oz today good morning america and more and she's the face of zuda Wear on qvc and co-host of off the gram podcast welcome jamie hess and thank you for being on my show
1: I'm so excited to be here.
0: Love it, Jamie. It's going to be so awesome today. I'm sure there's going to be huge amounts of value. So you're a very successful entrepreneur. So for those people who don't know who you are, uh, please introduce yourself by telling us about you and your journey.
1: Well, thank you, first of all, for having me. I love you, love your show, and love how we connected, and it was through the business world, but I truly believe good people in business just find each other. So I have a really interesting history uh, in business. I mean, as you mentioned in my introduction, today I am a wellness expert, I have a coaching practice called The Big Ask, where I help women. And I'll talk about that a little more as we get down the line here. Uh, And I'm an on-air personality and a podcaster. But prior to all of that, I was in public relations for 17 years. So I was a a high-level business executive at a big agency. And we represented a lot of the Fortune 500 brands that you probably know and love. I ran the book of business on McDonald's, general motors uh and then i also did a lot of you know pr for um just different brands in the health and wellness sector and those were always my favorite accounts i I love mcdonald's because they were fun to work for but the ones i really geeked out on were you know healthy cpg brands and uh you know boutique gyms that were maybe you know chain type gyms across the country across the us I just loved those ones so much. And I really wanted to put all my attention there, but of course the McDonald's of the world kept the lights on. And they were a great client, by the way. Everyone always says, you're a wellness influencer and you used to work for McDonald's. And I said, you know, I don't have to necessarily be their consumer to be a good marketer for them. You know what I mean? Like it was still a fun, it was an exercise in marketing that was awesome. But after 17 years in that business, I had this little Instagram that took off. As so often happens these days, right? So I had it's called NYC Fit Fam. And the way that it started was my husband proposed to me on a treadmill at Barry's Boot Camp. And <laughs> that proposal went a bit viral. It was actually 10 years ago this week. So this is like a, a funny anniversary that I happen to be getting interviewed about it today. But um, that kind of launched this Instagram account that I had called NYC Fit Fam, where I was just sharing kind of my tips and tricks for staying fit and building community and using fitness as a foundation and, uh, you know, just a, a solid bedrock for friendships and relationships. And it became this thing where, you know, all of us, I was not even trying to be an influencer. Either. And I was like, well, one day I was like to my husband, I said, babe, I, All these people started following me. I don't even know who they are. Like, it's not, you know, Grandma Sally or Aunt Sue, it was like people. And it just, when you have lightning in a bottle, when you have this Instagram account that all of a sudden was 10,000 and 20,000 and 30,000 followers, you know, if you're a smart marketer, you understand how to harness that, that lightning in a bottle and as somebody who worked in influencer marketing as a PR strategist, I just realized that my side hustle was becoming a full hustle and eventually it was it was the indicator that it was time to leave my corporate life. That was about five years ago. And in the five years since, I have built uh, a very fun solvent business on the back of my Instagram account. So I'm a brand ambassador and do all the sponsored stuff that someone does as an Instagram influencer. But it also launched my career on television as a wellness expert. You mentioned I am on QVC. I'm the face of their active wear and athleisure line. I have a podcast called Off the Gram, which is kind of all things at the intersection of wellness and social media. I co-host it with two other influential ladies in wellness. Uh, And then I have a wellness coaching practice called The Big Ask, which has kind of become my North Star, which is actually my first B2C business. And I help women across the United States and maybe around the world someday, but for right now in the U.S., um, achieve their wellness and weight weight loss goals, but in a very new way, that I think is really going to change the world.
0: Yeah. Love it, Jamie. What an amazing story there. Um, and, you know, it's it's amazing when something does take off and then it's, you know, you have were smart enough to, you know, continue that momentum. And now it's uh, yeah exploding in so many awesome ways that you can make a, a big impact in a lot of different um, media ways. So that's really cool. And um, yeah, I think wellness is becoming a much bigger topic now. I think, you know, especially COVID, right, sort of everyone being locked down, it, it sort of um, affected people um, in a lot of different ways. So we have to think about wellness. And there's a lot of facets to wellness. And I think a lot of people have a different definitions. So do you want to maybe share a little bit about what you think wellness is and um yeah, a bit more on that?
1: Well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> it's like, you know, wellness gets a bad rap in some ways because it's just become so oversaturated. It's a buzzword. There's a lot of memes about the ridiculousness of the wellness industry because it's true. You know, there's a lot of There's a lot of spaces in which it's like, it's gone pretty far to the woo-woo side. And you think wellness and you just think trendy girls with matcha lattes and like, you know, reading crystals and astrological cards. And that's part of wellness. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way, that's great. But wellness is so much more than that. To me, wellness is holistic. It is living well. That means financial wellness. That means time management. It literally means getting somewhere on time and de-stressing your life by being an organized, well-functioning human. It has to do with cognitive behavioral therapy and human behavior and getting your stressors and anxieties in check and doing so in a way that hopefully is, you know, maybe not (laughs) with prescription medication, but with some more coping mechanisms that you would hope one would have. So wellness literally encompasses everything that we do. And when I think of the wellness uh, kind of modalities that are the most important to me, it has to do with nutrition and fitness, certainly. But like a click deeper than that, it has to do with understanding like, okay, nutrition. But that doesn't just mean like weight loss. It means like, what about my gut health? Because your gut, actually 95% of your serotonin is produced in your gut. So if you're in a shitty mood, (laughs) that's probably not just because I mean, you could be depressed, but it probably has to do with you're in a shitty mood because maybe your food isn't nourishing you and nourishing your gut. Maybe your relationships with you know your loved ones and others aren't in check. Maybe you're stressed out because you have terrible time management, but you just aren't able to recognize it. This is all wellness. So when I coach women, they come to me for weight loss, but the dirty little secret is, girl, we're you're going to lose weight. But I'm not going to let you out of here before making you a whole new person because you just can't address one without addressing the other. So women walk through my door to lose ten pounds, and they walk out an entirely new version of themselves.
0: Yeah, love that. Really powerful. Um, love that all those different intricacies, and it's so true um, with you know all these different areas. And I love um, yeah what, what people think the problem is, but then what the actual problems are when you delve deeper, and everything there is, is really powerful. And I think you know especially in business, you know, like our energy and our focus is extremely important, right? You know, so having that wellness element, if we talk about that health nutrition sort of side of wellness, I think is is really important, like you said. So, um, you know, do you want to maybe um, share a few things about maybe that side of things, right? About how, how can we ensure that we have good health what are a few little more tips or something like that so that we can have good energy so you know um so that we can yeah do what we need to do in our business and obviously have a great life at outside of that uh, you know at the same time
1: so here's the thing how you do one thing is how you do all things period right that has to do with your health that has to do with how you perform at work if you are not nourishing yourself you're not nourishing your mind your brain your mind body soul connection You're not going to be your highest performing self at work. So to think that one is completely agnostic of the other is just completely short-sighted. And if you read the the lists, Ethan, of the, the top five things that all billionaires do, right, by and large, almost across the board, they get up early, they meditate. That's on every billionaire's list. If you read these lists on Forbes or anywhere, they meditate. They take time for mindfulness, right, to direct. And quiet their mind so it can be its most effective and productive. They get physical exercise, whatever that, it doesn't have to be a 90-minute hit workout, but they get physical exercise. Most of them do it in the morning because it's great for endorphins and just lubing up your body, right? And they do things like drinking enough water and taking a little time away from the screen to take walks. That, my friend, is wellness. So when people come to me and they're like, I want to know, tell me what the new trendiest diet is or the new way to lose 10 pounds. I mean, I can do that. I'm happy to help you unpack like, you know, paleo versus keto. I mean, it's all, it's all, there's credence to all of it, but that's not the thing. Like you're not holding on to excess weight or having a hard time focusing or getting out of your brain fog at work because you can't figure out keto versus paleo. You're having a hard time because wellness and mindfulness are not your North star. So the things, the most simple things that I can convince people to do are schedule your workouts first. Physical activity is important, all right? You don't have to do the trendiest workout. It can be a power walk. It can be whatever works for you. For me, I like to have my big ask clients do three days a week of sweaty cardio, four days a week of whatever else they want. You notice I don't schedule in a rest day because I believe that there can be active rest. So usually that'll look like three days a week of maybe some sort of like running or a spinning class. And the other four days they'll be doing lifting or sculpt or yoga. There's some sort of movement because I believe all seven days of the week you should have some sort of about 40 minutes a day of discipline for a movement. You schedule that as the very first thing that goes onto your calendar for the entire work week. And in the big ask, I match people with a big ask, uh, like a hyperlocal accountability partner. For me, it's my husband, right? So my husband's my partner. Now, it doesn't mean he's my coach. I don't ask him to do anything he's unqualified to do. He is the recipient of my plan and he helps me stay accountable to the plan that I have devised. Simple, right? So on Sunday night, I send him, this is the seven days ahead. This is the plan. You would be, sounds simple, right? It sounds like, duh, thanks, Jamie. Thanks for coming on this podcast to tell me to schedule a workout. Can I tell you how many people don't do that? They just try to fly by the seat of their pants. And consequently, they just go from one day to the next and the workout maybe happens or maybe doesn't. And they think, oh, I didn't get it done before work. Maybe it'll happen after work. And then they beat themselves up because it doesn't happen. Put yourself first on your calendar because then you're gonna take care of the other things. Does that mean you need to get up an hour earlier? Do you need to put out your clothes the night before? Do you need to arrange childcare? take care of yourself and just that little bit of self-care, the rest of it's going to go to shit. And I'm sorry if maybe, I don't know if I can curse on your podcast, but we're going all in. I'm going to get you that explicit reading. But honestly, it is the simplest piece of advice that I can give people that they just don't do, right? And then after that comes planning, meal planning. And people also make a, a way bigger deal out of that than it needs to be. Breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner at Scheduled times in the day, right? So for my clients, it's 8 a.m. By 8 a.m. is breakfast. A snack is between 10 and 11. Lunch is 12 to two. Snack is three to four. Dinner is by 7 p.m. It's five times. Don't overcomplicate it. Five times. You plan for the day ahead. What are those five feedings? What am I having? Plan it out. The more you can simplify your life, the more you don't have to make in the moment decisions when you're hungry or stressed or tired the better off you're going to be, but putting yourself first is my biggest piece of advice
0: yeah love that really powerful well, thanks for breaking that all down right so simply and and i guess you know i guess one thing that probably comes up for me potentially might come up for a lot of your clients as well is around mindset and this is obviously relevant for business as well because you can say these things but then some people probably be like oh yeah but you know what I, I just can't work out or you know like whatever the limiting type stuff that comes up for certain people um in there and it's the same in business right like oh this is hard or or whatever it is there so Yeah, what are you seeing in terms of that, in terms of mindsets of people and, and, you know, how things have to change a little bit in terms of their habits and, you know, their behaviors so that they can actually, you know, be successful over this over a long period of time as well?
1: My biggest piece of advice is stop trying to do anything in a vacuum. And I think COVID made this world very weird and we're we're, we were already super disconnected because of the digital age right it's like we feel really connected because we all are up in each other's lives on social media but we just don't have that much face-to-face contact in the way that we used to like when you and i were growing up covid made it acceptable to never go out of your house in fact mandated (laughs) right to never go out of your house and it's put people in a really tough spot so I really, really encourage community and I encourage accountability. And I encourage accountability in all forms of your life. So you have to let someone else know the plan. Stop trying to do it all by yourself. And then when you fail, silently beating yourself up to yourself. The more that you can get engaged in a community, set up an accountability group at work. Three people at work that you guys are going to be each other's cheerleaders and accountability partners that you can get tasks and projects done together. Like I said, use a hyper-local accountability partner, a loved one to help get your, your mindset and your wellness in check, but stop trying to do things in a vacuum. Also affirmations. There is data, really hard and strong data, white paper data that I'm happy to share. I share with my big ask clients all the time because many people think that woo, that affirmations are woo-woo, right? Oh, I'm gonna look in the mirror and say, I am great. I am powerful. Let me tell you something. There is there are tons of studies. And I have a study from the this, I think it's the Center for Neuroscience and Technology. It's like some very official sound, very official sounding center. But it's a really good stat. And it's like the ability of affirmations to change your actual brain waves, it's astounding. So lest you think that you're just going, if you have a negative mindset, that you're just going to somehow convince yourself to think differently, you're not. You got to take action. You got to get other people on board to help you change what you're doing. And at the end of the day, anybody who is thriving in business is doing it with the support of a team. They're listening to podcasts like yours. They're reaching out to business mentors. I am all about tangible connections and hyper accountability and using techniques and tactics, because if nothing changes, Ethan, nothing changes.
0: Yeah. So true, Jamie. I love that. I completely agree with all of that. And I think that, you know, links in a lot with our network, right? About who we know, right? And then there's the old saying about our network is, our, is your net worth, right? And these things, mm-hmm. it's like, who are you connecting to? And um, yes, we can connect online, like you said, but the in-person connections and things uh, can be a lot more powerful. So it's sort of having a bit of both um, and, you know, the opportunities, I guess, that come from that, you know, from when you're meeting new people, because you never know what um, is out there and, and who you might be introduced to and and then how you move from that. So do you want to talk a little bit about that and, you know, what how that's helped you as well?
1: Somebody told me in the beginning of my PR career, a very famous photographer in New York City, he kind of like had taken me under his wing. He was like a famous event photographer. So when I was doing all of these events, celebrity events in New York in the beginning of my career, my 20s, he said to me one night, we were leaving in a vet and he was like, you're good kid. He was like, let me tell you something, best thing you're ever going to hear in business, most important thing, you should remember this forever, follow-up is everything. And I was like, and again, it's like one of those things you're like, okay. You're like, that's not mind blowing information. Yeah. Follow-up, uh-uh, you would be shocked how many people lose connections, don't follow up after they've met somebody, just kind of don't value the power of connection. You and I met is a great example. You and I met through a a business referral. We were just having a chat about a a business vendor that I was giving you some of my experience and you suggested to me, Hey, why don't you take this course in in NLP, this neuro-linguistic programming? It's really cool. You you actually asked me, you're like, oh, are you familiar with NLP? And I was like, no. And you were like, oh. Jamie, you gotta like, you gotta get into this. It's so cool. And I was like, what is it? You introduced me to a a friend, and mentor of yours, somebody that teaches NLP. I signed up for her course because I trusted you. I had met you already. I got a vibe. I was like, this guy knows what he's talking about. I signed up for this course. I could have let that go. I could have been like, okay, great. Yeah, thanks for the advice and gone on with my day. Take advantage of the, the connections that you make the advice that you get from other business leaders, being able to just take an informational or just take a coffee with somebody and really listen. Don't just talk, listen and take advice from people and then go out and take the action. That course was not easy for me to take. That course was, is, is an Australian course, I'm in the US. It was from 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. for seven days. But I got my butt in that seat and I took that course and it changed my life because I am open. And when I make relationships with business people that I respect, I follow up, I consider what they've said. If they've made a suggestion to read a book or take a course, I friggin' take it. And I'll tell you something, my follow-up, when I've met people over the course of my career, my follow-up, my attention to cultivating relationships intentionally has been 100% the key to my success. In fact, so much so that I lived in New York City for 20 years, I had an amazing career there. I was able to move out to the country, to the suburb, to, to the country, like out in like cornfields and horses land during the pandemic, because I genuinely feel like I have such a wealth. I have fostered these relationships so hard over the past 20 years that I don't even need to live in a big city anymore. I have such an amazing arsenal of humans and relationships. I could do business off the relationships I've made for the next 20 years and, and be a millionaire. Like I, I don't need to go out like and meet 20 more people every day. I've, I've been so intentional about my relationship building because it is, I literally collect people and relationships like other people collect stamps and I, am, I guard them with my life. Those relationships are how I do business from here on out and they have <laughs> it's been very good to me
0: yeah love that jamie such an awesome story and yeah awesome how yeah we connected and um and you you know you went all in i think that's a testament to you as well because you were like take the action you committed like a lot of people you know going from 7 p.m to 3 a.m would be like that's hard i've done it before right those types of things and you know once you it's like anything right in business once you commit to something you go all in you, you get the you take the action you get the results um And I'm sure, you know, your clients and everybody else that you're around are really going to benefit, you know, from that knowledge of how human behavior is and and how you can really help people, um, you know, in a much deeper level um, in those ways as well. So love all of that um, as well, Jamie, really powerful. Um, And obviously, I'm intrigued about the influencing side of you, which is really awesome, Mm -hmm. right? Like you you said, you had this, um, you know, obviously Instagram that just blew up and you've got like over 150 thousand followers or something now um on there which is really awesome so congrats with that um i guess you know what comes from that because it blew up and a lot of people probably want to be growing their their influence and that can happen over time or potentially quickly depending if something goes viral um sort of how can we use that right because there's one thing about having it but it's like how do we capitalize on on that status that we have um and and what sort of can we get into? I know you sort of touched on a few other things, other media areas, but do you want to maybe just share a little bit about what opportunities then open once we've got that type of audience?
1: So it's really interesting. I was on the influencer marketing side. I was one hiring the influencers for brands like McDonald's and whoever else, right? So I really had an understanding and an acumen for building influencer programs. So when I started doing influencer campaigns, but I mean, like anybody, it was just a learning... Uh, over the first couple of years, I was teaching myself everything. Because when you're an influencer, I don't think people realize um, you have to teach yourself to be an uh, A-plus photographer, videographer, photo editor, video editor. Um, you have to teach yourself. You're a one-person advertising agency, truly. Um, brands pay me. I mean, it's a multi-six-figure-a-year business for me. It's what I do. It's the, the baseline of everything that I do. Um, as much as I do like the TV and the podcast and everything, the, the influencer work is really the heartbeat of my business. Um, I authentically align with brands that I believe in and I tell their story and I amplify them to my audience. I show people how to use those brands and products in their lives. I think one thing that people like about me and my platform and what uh, a piece of advice I could give is it's what we used to call in my PR days um, aspirational attainable. So I show the aspirational side, you know, I, my, Pictures are pretty and I, you know, show somewhat of an aspirational lifestyle, but also like I show my life warts and all. And and the brands that I share about, I have no problem being super real. Like one of my big brand partnerships this year is with a product called Innovo, which is a pair of um, shorts that are medical in nature and they help treat stress urinary incontin- incontinence in women, which one out of every three women suffer with meaning leaky bladder. And I always joke that like, once you've had two kids, running a half marathon should be called peeing in your pants for 13 miles. Like it just is, you know? But I have no problem sharing about that because it's real. And and it pains me that any women should be out there suffering with like a leaky bladder, being embarrassed about it because, oh, I'm only like 35. I shouldn't, this shouldn't be me, well, honey one out of every three women, but people don't talk about it because they're embarrassed. I have no problem talking about what's embarrassing because it's real, you know, and I'm a mama too, and it's just real life. So I think that's been like a a really big part of what I do as an influencer. But I will say this, I treat my influencer work the same as when I worked at uh, an absolute best in class agency. I worked for a PR agency that was one thousand percent best in class i mean we our work we work with fortune 500 brands you there's no being just good you have to be amazing everything has to look amazing you know contracts graphics assets everything has to be best in class and that is how i treat my influencer work i treat it very professionally you know um and i really it's really important to me that i'm able to deliver to the clients that hire me in a way where I'm able to show them KPIs. I will, they're able to profess to me what their desired KPIs are, and I'm able to demonstrate ROI, and then I'm able to really put together campaigns that are creative. And I'll give you an example. I'm, I very rarely just do one-off posts anymore where it's like, oh, buy this thing, because I buy this toothpaste because I used it and my teeth are white. I'm like, all right, let's think about how I can really Build something that is um experiential or interesting in nature. Um, I'll give you an example. Okay, so Flintstone's vitamins, right? Do you have those? Do no, I've never those had a but that's really okay. good. Okay. <laughs> so Flintstone's vitamins are an iconic heritage brand here in the US. Uh, it's in line with the Flintstones cartoon. It's a licensed product and it's it's under the Bayer, you know, Bayer, right? Yep. Bayer Consumer Health, right? So they make Bayer aspirin and all the different brands. Flintstones Vitamins um, has done, you know, I'm an ambassador for Bayer and they're one of the products that I represent. My kids absolutely love Flintstones Vitamins. But instead of just doing a couple posts for them and taking pictures with my kids, I'm like, how can I really bring this to life? So I'm doing a backyard, a workout in my backyard with like 50 local women coming up next month. And I'm having the Flintstones, um, what am I calling it? So, the Flintstones uh, cartoon, they used to live in a town called Bedrock. I'm having like a Bedrock bounce. So, I'm having like a bounce house, like a moon bounce for all the kids. And I'm having a whole branded Flintstones area, like an experiential moment where these kids can come. We're shooting original content. I have a whole video crew coming. We're doing all of the branding and the colors and their look and feel. We have, you know, sampling and all of the flavor profiles are in line with the vitamin flavors. And I have now created a moment that is both hyper local so people here are going to experience it on the ground we're going to create original video content that is for use on my channel to amplify and also i will give back to the brand i'm creating this whole 360 environment in which i can tell their story and use my kids and other kids in a storytelling moment and showing how fitness you know health is a part of their brand pillar that goes so much further than just putting up some post on Instagram and I always strive to create programs like this. Like I, I go to a brand and I say, yeah, I mean, a post would be great, but what if we, what if we produced a TV show or what if we like made an event or what if we like did like a whole podcast capsule together that we, you know, told your story in like a narrative driven way. I'm always thinking of th- how, how can I think bigger? And this does two things. This allows the brand to leverage my expertise to tell their story in a bigger way, and it allows me to exploit the brand for more funds for both myself and for the brand to get more bang for their buck. Because let's be real, this is business, right? So anybody out there wanting to be an influencer, I would just say, think bigger. Anybody can take pretty pictures and put them on Instagram these days. It's not enough. Think bigger how could you really be creative and bring a value add to your brands because not only will it get you more business it will be better for the brand and it also allows the brand to write a bigger check at the end of the day to you to do better work so always think bigger and honestly influencer land is still the wild wild west it's like the sky is the limit you know we are just at the precipice of of still learning what's possible in this space so Get creative because if you get the right marketing manager who's in charge of this, this, of hiring you, they're going to see your vision and nothing's too crazy. I can't even tell you the level of crazy that I've pitched and brands have been like, let's do it because you're also doing their job for them. You're coming in almost like an agency and you're like, I know what works for my audience, let's be creative together. And I think that's a really cool part of my job. It's almost like limitless.
0: Yeah. I love that. What a story. And um, yeah, obviously your experience in that space helps, but I think, you know, what's really powerful is your innovative thinking, I think. And that's really translated to business, right? Is how can you do things differently to everybody else? Right. I think that's, what's going to make you stand out as an influencer. That's why people will pick you over other people, or you'll do a much bigger campaign um, and areas like that as well, which is yeah, really powerful. I love that. Um, Jamie, really nice. And, and I guess, you know, from that area then obviously you're you're doing your influencing um but at the same time you know people want to want to get out more probably as well like how do they get their message out more how do they reach more people um in other ways not just from instagram as an example right and i know you you're on tv you're doing a lot of things there and does it really come down to um you know having a pr agency or you know a team to help you with that the, you know, is there also an element of probably, you know, what we talked about about relationships maybe as well that comes into it and things? So do you want to maybe talk a little bit about like what's that next level like look like if we really want to get out there in the market?
1: I would be happy to. I mean, it's really interesting. Actually, I have a friend who uh, who's a former publicist with me, and she has an entire agent, she has an entire um, course that she teaches on helping people get uh PR without having a PR agency, because it's really like a hot topic these days. You know, PR agencies are very expensive, at least the good ones, right? And not everybody has that in their, in their budget. And here's the problem. You get what you pay for, right? So if you get like a lower level PR person that you can afford, you're going to get what you pay for, right? And so it's like, it's, it's tough to hire a really good agency is really expensive and there is something to be said for I always say this, no one is going to work as hard for you as you will work for yourself. So don't, do not resign yourself to the fact that only a PR agency can get, can get me press. You can get yourself press. And by the way, no one is going to be as passionate about your business as you are. My biggest tip to getting yourself in the press, in the news cycle, is you have to find what's happening right now in the news cycle and attach yourself to it. Going out with a blanket pitch to like all of the news desks at the TV stations or whatever is never going to get, that's not what's going to get you on. Right? So you have to be super targeted. When you're pitching bookers, producers, editors, you have to show and demonstrate that you know what they write or, you know, are on TV about, that you understand what's going on on their station or in their magazine or on their website at that time, like, what are they writing about? What Did you read an article recently that's similar? You then tell them, Hey, you know, I recently read your article on, you know, new companies that are providing, you know, updates and sustainability. I, my company's actually doing it in a different way. And I'd love to tell you a story about how it's working in our community and see if it might be a fit, like you have to help bring it to life. You cannot be lazy in, in pitching as a publicist. You cannot be lazy. Every pitch has to be super targeted. But get out there and keep pitching and keep telling your story. But you have to, it, I always say this, especially with television, producers love when you do their job for them. So I always would come in when I would get my my best TV segments booked, you got to come in with like a targeted pitch and show them what it would look like. Exactly what it would, not just like, I have this business, do you want to cover it? Well. No, show them. Show them what that what it would be like. If your business is, you know, a, a gym, say, here's what I'd like to do. You know, uh, we know that uh, you know, spring is coming up. Everybody's looking to get their their bodies in shape as the weather gets warmer. I would like to bring your newscaster out to a park. We have this one really cool class that we do that like runs them through an obstacle. It's really TV centric and it's great, you know, it would look great on the air. I would like to bring them out to this park and, and and run them through the paces. It'll be really fun. You know, we'll have them all sweaty and then they can do an interview. Like, show them why it's going to be cool. You got to be that creative. So with PR, it is 100% worth it to take your time. You do not need a PR agent to go out and pitch media, uh, but you do need to set aside the time to do it. And you do need to be a little bit creative. And again, this is where relationships come in. I mean, you know, sending a blanket pitch is never gonna get you very far in anything. I always joke that, you know, when I was a publicist, I was like, everybody's so protective of their lists. I'm like, I'll share my list with anyone. They're not gonna answer your call. They're gonna answer mine because I've been talking to them for 20 years. So relationships are important. So if you have anybody that knows anybody, you know, at the, the local news, I would start there. So quality over quantity, rather than sending out 20 pitches, really try to get in with that one person who might actually answer your email. Because the amount of pitches that media people get on any given day is deafening. It's just staggering.
0: Um, wow. Very powerful. Um, there Jamie and, um, you know, really awesome that, um, yeah, you shared all of that. It's just, it's got my mind thinking about all this and I just love the way yeah your mind thinks and how you're really picturing it. And I think like, you know, in business and everything, a lot of people want to visualize stuff and it helps, you know, us to create it. So you're basically creating that visual picture to an extent and and doing their job for them, which, uh, yeah, really, really powerful. Um, so obviously you, you know, you're, you're helping uh, people with that you know, the coaching mentoring aspect with your, um, your, your clients in um, helping them to move forward. Um, but I'd like to hear from you, from your perspective, because a lot of the time, you know, we, we need to grow. And a lot of the time we get people from outside us, right. To help us like coaches and mentors. So how important has coaches and mentor, more mentoring been for you, like in your business oh I and mean, what it's helped for you to achieve as well.
1: It's like my favorite topic. Every time I speak on a panel, which is a lot, Um, inevitably this question always, comes, or usually the question comes up. It'll be me, you know, a lot of times I speak on like powerful women panels and whatever, a lot, and it'll be me and like two or three other women. And inevitably somebody asks, you know, a question about like, you know, what, what do each of us have in common or what's one thing, you know? And always these successful women, this happens all the time, we all say, Oh, I have a business coach. I have a life coach. I have a, you know, we all take advantage of coaching and strategic mentor, strategic mentorship, because especially when you're an entrepreneur, you know, when I was working for an agency, I love, I loved having a boss. I loved getting an A plus. I loved getting a pat on the back. I loved having a deadline and meeting that deadline with deliverables that I was told to, to to do and meet benchmarks that I was told to meet and I would meet them. And it's like, I would get a, you know, an a girl, That, that feels great. When you're an entrepreneur, ain't no one giving you a deadline. Like you just got to make them for yourself. So if you don't have good prioritization and time management, and like when I left my, my corporate job, I, I had a vision board of like a hundred things and I tried to do them all in the first 30 days, what do you think happened? None of them came to fruition. Cause I was, I didn't prior, I didn't properly strategize or prioritize. It was then that I hired my first business coach. And I will say, like, if you don't, especially if you don't have a boss, if you're an entrepreneur, if you don't have a boss, hire one, hire somebody to help you with strategic goal planning, short term and long term, right? Uh, Deadlines, accountability. My entire program is based around accountability. There's a lot of research that says that people are 65 to 95% more likely to meet their goals and succeed by using accountability. A business coach, in addition to giving you great information, can simply be an accountability coach and that is worth its weight in gold, right? So I use all kinds of coaches and mentors and I'm constantly taking classes. In fact, I'd say now that I'm, I've kind of, you know, leveled up to this next level, you know, uh, financially and my businesses are doing very well, I reinvest 40 to 50% of my profits into personal development work. It's money well spent every time, every time I do that it up levels me this much more because I just start thinking bigger and I just start, I just think bigger. So I've used life coaches. um, And when I say life coaches, they are also executive coaches. They're professional coaches that have more of like um, a life slant, like a little bit of like the woo-woo meets the business, right? Some people like my husband, actually my husband also works with one that's a little woo-woo. I think that's a good mix personally. I mean, you could have a really dry executive coach if that's your personality. I like somebody that's going to help me because, like I said earlier, it's hard for those of us who are Type A people to like use affirmations, step in front of the mirror, and tell ourselves like we are amazing and powerful. But if the data tells me that that's actually going to make me better, I I I would like someone to encourage me and help me stay on on task with doing that. If that if meditating, and using affirmations and being more mindful is going to help me be more successful and make more money. I would love somebody to help me slow down and remember to do that stuff. Right. So I've often used coaches that are kind of a a hybrid of both of those things. Um, And I found it to be very, very effective. And I just can't say enough good things about using coaches in general. What I do for my women in the big ask, it's the same thing. And I say this all the time if losing weight, if diet and exercise were that easy, we would all just. Do it. I every time I sit down at a, at a boot camp, I look at eight. I do eight women at a time in my my boot camps, and I sit down on the first the first thing, and I'm like, I'm looking at eight smart, educated, intellectual. They're usually like type A boss babe type women. These are not stupid women. These are really high performing women, and quite often, they have been struggling with this one thing, right? This weight loss thing, and this just battling the monster in their head and yo-yo dieting and hating themselves and beating themselves up and and oftentimes saying, why am I, I'm so successful in business, I can't do this one stupid thing. I'm dealing with it and I'll ask them, how long have you been, how long has this been bothering you? And oftentimes they'll say, oh, well, hmm, it was like my early teens, which is typical for women, I was 13, I was 14. And I'll say, you know, well, Susan, how, how old are you now? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm 51. Susan, do you know how many years that is? When is it time to say, if nothing changes, nothing changes. Like I clearly can't do this alone. That is the power of having a coach. Susan over there has been battling this same beast since she was 13 years old and she's 51. When does she get to put up her hand and say, I need help. That level of giving yourself grace, whether it's in business, in weight management, in anything in your life is actually extremely courageous. So asking for help or hiring a coach is not like a lazy man's game. You know, it's not delegating it out to someone else. It's bringing in a team and saying, I deserve help because I'm sick of doing it this way. I'm ready to grow. And again, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So if you're, t- I love the, the, the gift, I call it the gift of desperation. If you are like, I am stuck and I am sick and tired of being sick and tired, whether it's stuck on a plateau in business or stuck at a weight plateau and you keep like self-soothing, emotional eating, all of this nonsense, especially that we did during COVID. It's like, if you have the gift of desperation where finally you're like, damn it, I am enough. That is an awesome place to be because you finally surrender and your ego gets out of the way and you're like, I'll do anything. And that's when you become coachable.
0: Yeah. Uh, Love that. Such an amazing segment and completely agree with all of that, Jamie, just dropping so much gold today. Um, It's been really powerful. And um, yeah, I guess as we're um, wrapping up today um, after awesome um, sharing, um, what one key piece of advice would you give to all of the entrepreneurs uh, watching and listening today?
1: So I said it earlier, uh, how you do one thing is how you do all things. And that mantra reminds me in all of my, my dealings throughout the day (sighs) to do what I just did, to take a deep breath, to slow down, to be more mindful with how I take a step, how I chew my food, how I answer an email, I am absolutely guilty of being the Tasmanian devil, right? Like I just get on one and I'm just like going, 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 going. And I get stuck in stress and anxiety. To remind yourself that how you do one thing is how you do all things. Who do you want to be in this world? Do you want to be that person that is going, 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 and always looks like they're in a freaked out state of mind and like Some people do want to be that person because they truly believe that that person, the person that looks like they're doing the most is doing the most. I personally want to be that person that I see that like looks completely unbothered, but underneath it, I know they're a baller. That, that guy that's like, that looks like, eh, just like the world just kind of slides off his shoulders, but underneath, I know that he's like moving mountains and he's a hustler. That's who I want to be as a business owner as a human being, as a mother. So taking that deep breath, taking five minutes of meditation. And I mean, actually sitting down, it can be on a, you could do it on, there's podcasts that do meditations. There's, you could just go on YouTube and type in five minute meditation. Don't overcomplicate it. Anything you can do to slow down and be a little more mindful and a little more intentional, and then insist that that's a red thread that runs through your life that is my advice and i know it's easier said than done but if you start doing it in little spurts throughout the day and you remind yourself a couple times throughout the day oh okay let's get reset let's get mindful let's be the me that i want to be it makes a huge huge difference
0: yeah wow so powerful thank you for sharing that jamie and really um hitting that home to all of us um Mm -hmm. to remind us to do that throughout the day and yeah we connected through our networks where learned about your awesome journey from starting in public relations for so many years to creating you know nyc fit fam and, and being an on-air personality uh you're an amazing woman i'm sure everyone will agree and i'm sure we continue to help people to enhance their wellness and fitness and every area of their life as well um you know, very grateful that we connected and i look forward to working with you in the future so jamie how can people find you and get in contact with you
1: so there's a couple ways on Instagram, I am NYC fit fam. So like a New York city fit family. So that's my Instagram handle. And then my website is the big ask And I do encourage you to go over there and click around, you know, we're doing some amazing work. And if weight management is something that, uh, is compelling to you and interesting, um, I'm here for you.
0: Yeah love it guys definitely check out jamie she's amazing at what she does and um yeah so much value that she's giving out there on all the different platforms and and thank you to everyone for watching and listening to this show where we talk about everything on business growth Uh, please like subscribe and leave us a five-star review and you can find me on facebook linkedin instagram and youtube as i cassiotis or visit my website i and if you want to grow scale cut costs and increase profit in your business you can reach out to me on any platform to see if we're a good fit And I completely agree with you, or do I? The only way you'll know is if you tune in next time. So until next time, remember that our business grows when we learn skills and take action using them in spite of fear. So remember to design your growth and results.